The next thing to think about while you're constructing your fake doc film is what genre of film you want to work in. Truthfully, fake docs tend to fall into one of three genres for the most part, horror, science fiction, and comedy. There are certainly the occasional drama and action films that come along, but in large part, fake doc films fall into one of these three major genres. That's why this section of the masterclass is more focused on subgenres, which are individual categories within those genres. Now, clearly, you could work in any genre or subgenre. In all likelihood, every single genre of film has had a fake doc film. So this section isn't about trying to convince you that any one of these 15 subgenres is inherently better than any other one. In fact, you may not use any of these 15, and that's okay. Perhaps you'll just use this list as a way of becoming familiar with what's already out there so you don't repeat what's been done before. However, of all the many, many fake doc films produced, a disproportionately large number of them fall into these 15 subgenres. That's why it's worth discussing them, including what about those subgenres is effective when used in fake doc filmmaking. So we'll go through them one at a time. Number one, Alien Encounters. This fairly self-explanatory subgenre deals with aliens and UFOs in all their manifestations. Though seemingly limited in their scope, since they only deal with life forms from another world, they can actually be really varied. As varied as the big-budget action epic Cloverfield, or the period documentary reconstruction War of the Worlds, The True Story. This genre can run on the expensive side, given that aliens and UFOs can be expensive to create on a low budget, a creative filmmaker, however, can find a way to make an effective movie that shows very little of the creatures while still creating a tense narrative and an exciting ride. This is evidenced by Alien Abduction, Incident in Lake County, a made-for-TV film directed by Dean Aliotto, which was created as a remake of Aliotto's no-budget home video camera shot film, The McPherson Tape, a fake documentary so convincing that people believed Alien Abduction was a remake of actual footage. The reason this subgenre works so well in fake doc films is because of the clandestine nature of alien abductions, right? They always seem to happen in the middle of nowhere or in the dark of night with no one around as witnesses. That very secrecy is what makes the camera an effective witness to all the proceedings. It takes part of what we know about typical alien abduction stories and uses that to its advantage to tap into something in the human psyche. 2. Alternate History this subgenre is one of the more fun and fanciful of the genres, as it allows filmmakers to alter and add to actual historical events, creating secret revelations and new perspectives that give the viewers the opportunity to ask what if. These alternate histories can vary from revelations about real events in history, the true identity of President Kennedy's assassination is revealed in an interview with the assassin, all the way to films that imagine what the world might be like now with minor changes in our past or present. See how America looks if the South won the Civil War in CSA, Confederate States of America. Uh, this genre can be expensive, given that recreations of the period are often necessary in order to tell these stories, but CSA created a very convincing world on a fairly low budget, and director Sean Meredith did an excellent job bringing the work of painter and artist Sandow Burke to the screen to chronicle the fictional War of the Californias with In Smog and Thunder. This subgenre is effective because we're so used to watching documentaries that talk to us about history. An enormous percentage of actual documentary films are about history. So modeling a fake doc after a subgenre of actual documentaries means you have a built-in familiarity from the audience for this style of storytelling. Number three, Battles with the Supernatural. 
while seemingly straightforward, this subgenre actually houses an extremely large number of fake doc films. This subgenre covers all the creepy things that can't be explained by science, uh, because those creepy things with an explanation fall in another category. But this means you might be dealing with ghosts, demons, vampires, werewolves, witches. The reason that such disparate creatures are lumped into the same category is because even though they're varied in their abilities and their appearances, they're often treated similarly from a fake doc story perspective. The lead characters have an encounter with them, don't believe they exist, they're whittled down by them slowly, eventually the camera captures what they look like right around the time that the last character dies or transforms or disappears. Um, the subgenre is very broad in scope. It covers films as varied as The Devil Inside, which is about exorcisms, Greystone Park, which is about ghosts, The Lift, about vampires, and The Aztec Box, which is about an ancient evil presence. The reason this is an effective subgenre for fake doc films is because it helps explain why people would continue exploring and filming even while they're in danger. At first, they don't believe, and then maybe they do believe and think getting evidence is worth the risk, right? But at its heart, the skepticism around these supposedly made-up creatures gives us the plausible deniability we need to go on the journey with these characters. Number four, Biography of the Eccentric. This is a subgenre confined primarily to the comedy fake doc arena, though not solely, in which a fictitious person's life is chronicled. This runs the gamut from pretentious film students, like David Holtzman's Diary, to manufactured celebrities, like in Stardom, to interesting psychiatric cases, like in Zelig. These can be reasonably inexpensive films because the filmmaker is creating the life being chronicled and has some level of control over what moments to show and what expenses are required. A resourceful filmmaker working in a modern-day setting for their story, like director Zoji Stage did with the fake artist biopic Happy Walter, they can make an inexpensive and memorable piece of work. The reason these kinds of films are effective for fake documentaries is because so many documentaries of all kinds are driven by unique and interesting characters. Grey Gardens, Salesman, American Movie. These are all documentaries about very different subject matters, but they're all riveting because of the compulsively watchable weirdos at the center of the stories. That is a powerful tool that can be leveraged by a skilled fake doc filmmaker. Number five, caught up in something. This subgenre is sometimes used primarily as an introductory device for other subgenres, but it occurs often enough to warrant its own separate inclusion. This subgenre deals with the individual or group of unsuspecting videographers, documenters, vacationers, whose journey inadvertently takes them into harm's way without their knowledge or intent. The cliche is the, quote, 14s disappeared in the place your locale here on the way to insert vacation or event here, right? Whether it's well-executed or it's cliched and predictable, this trope is one of the backbones of the horror-thriller fake doc arena, appearing in such films as June 9th, Megan is Missing, Loss of Life, The Blair Witch Project. Uh, the frequency of its use comes both from its effectiveness as a setup for suspense and also, if we're being honest, because it's an easier setup than almost any other. That is the main reason for its frequent use in fake doc films. Number six, conspiracies and cover-ups. A popular form of the fake documentary is the faux expose, with the fictitious documentary crew uncovering secret information that will completely change the perspective of the world at large if the information were to reach the general public, right? This is a particularly effective subgenre of fake documentary because of its roots in real-life investigative journalism. 
actual stories from places like WikiLeaks and, of course, the most well-known exposed conspiracy cover-up ever, Watergate, lends a credence to this kind of fake doc because filmmakers have seen it happen in real life. Films in this subgenre can range from the ultra-realistic, as in the case of the aptly named The Conspiracy, to the wildly fantastic, the case of futuristic moon men running the government in Lunopolis. One of the more disturbing trends on YouTube, honestly, is entire channels devoted to creating conspiracies that are fact-free, but presented as truth-telling videos that are uncovering massive conspiracies. This subgenre is effective in fake doc filmmaking, as well as in entirely fabricated documentaries that pretend to be true to spread disinformation, like QAnon and Flat Earth Theories and Lizard People, and the list goes on and on and on. Number seven, Follywood. The tradition of the film industry satirizing the film industry in film is a long and honored one, boasting movies from some of the greatest filmmakers of all time, from Steven Soderbergh's Full Frontal to Francois Truffaut's Day for Night. The fake doc arena is no different. In fact, an argument could be made for the fact that fake docs are perfect for this kind of film, as it makes the events seem more realistic, and because we're used to seeing loads of behind-the-scenes material of celebrities on the set of various film and television projects. The films can be bigger-budget films with well-known stars, like an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn. They can be knowing comedies about the lives of mid-level celebrities, like Being Michael Madsen. Or they can be films that satirize the entire industry, but have no specific individual targets and no celebrities playing themselves, like Take 22, The Making of Sequestered. Uh, this is a popular form of fake doc filmmaking because of the audience's desire for a peek behind the curtain. For as long as movies have been made, we've been interested in knowing the, quote, real story behind it all. This subgenre taps into that desire in a strong way. Number eight, investigating legends. This subgenre of fake doc is dedicated to the discovery of mysterious creatures that can be explained by nature, even if we don't have that explanation currently. Anything unusual or mysterious, but that doesn't fall specifically into the category of supernatural, lands here. That includes Bigfoot and all of his bizarre regional cousins like the Skunk Ape and the Yeti and the Yaren, the Loch Ness Monster, uh, and any other cryptozoological creatures that might be the star of a History Channel documentary special. This subgenre is especially popular because of the prevalence of actual documentaries of similar subject matter in constant rotation on cable television. In the same way that paranormal investigation fake docs are prolific because of the popularity of television series like Ghost Hunters. Movies that fall into this category are Incident at Loch Ness and Bigfoot the Lost Coast Tapes, and many others can be found simply by searching for movies about a specific kind of legendary creature a la Chupacabra. Number 9. Killers and Cameras This is by far the most common subgenre of fake docs, at least in the horror and thriller arenas. The reason for this is fairly simple. There are very few effects needed to create a human villain in a fake doc film. Far less expensive than a vampire, Bigfoot, or alien, human beings are relatively easy to bring to film. This subgenre is divided primarily into two kinds of movies, the kind where people with a camera are being stalked by the killer, as in the cases of Evil Things and Crow's Nest, and then the kind where the killers are the ones with the cameras and they're stalking other people, in the cases of Cohasset Snuff Film, Meadow Woods, and the brilliant but disturbing dark comedy Man Bites Dog. This genre seems to be the most limiting in terms of story. However, a creative filmmaker can use it to his advantage like Scott Glosserman did by creating a satirical look at slasher movies with his fake doc film Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. 
I believe this subgenre is used so frequently because of its lack of expense and ease of structure, but it could also be because serial killers are also just very popular, even within standard narrative film. Number 10. Mock Rock Doc. The fictitious music documentary is one of the most well-known subgenres of fake doc, primarily because of its most famous example. This is Spinal Tap is one of the biggest and most recognizable films in the fake doc arena, aside from a couple of horror titles. The film by Rob Reiner, which chronicles the later years of a mediocre heavy metal band, has an enormous cult following, which has kept the actors appearing as the band for decades after its release, and has left a large footprint in the fake doc world. Though some other films have touched on the rock and metal band doc, like the movie FUBAR, um, in the wake of This is Spinal Tap, most often, new fake doc filmmakers will explore other corners of the music industry, such as punk music with Hardcore Logo, rap with CB4 and Fear of a Black Hat, folk music with A Mighty Wind, boy band pop music with Together and Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, and country music with Dill Scallion. This is a popular subgenre because of the audience's familiarity with the already existing musical doc seen in movies like Woodstock, The Last Waltz, Monterey Pop, dozens of others. Number 11, Outbreaks. This is a fairly common subgenre even within narrative film, primarily in horror and thriller movies. The Outbreak film is an extremely effective framework for audience members looking for a truly terrifying film in a post-9-11 world. Fears of anthrax and biological warfare made stories like Wreck and its American remake Quarantine seem far less outlandish, and studies of man's effect on our ecosystem make tales like The Bay, based partially on real scientific discoveries in the Baltimore area, all too real. Taken one small step further, the outbreak tale can be turned into the infected-slash-zombie tale in cases like The Zombie Diaries and Diary of the Dead, a subgenre that has had an enormous upswell in popularity since the new millennium. I believe that this subgenre is popular in fake doc films because most outbreak stories work in some ways like a procedural, leaning into a level of perceived scientific realism to make the depiction all the more frightening. Because of that, it makes sense that using the fake doc film style would lend the concept even more realism, thereby making it even more effective. Number 12. Politics and War if we made a cross-section of actual documentaries, a large portion of those movies would be dedicated specifically to films about politics and war. It only makes sense that the fake doc arena would reflect that. Given the broad parameters of this category, it is no surprise that this subgenre has some of the most interesting varieties of film in terms of concept. From first-person recordings of the Vietnam experience, as in 84C Mopic, to fake assassinations of real presidents, as in Death of a President, to American Border Patrol agents gone wrong and undocumented, to the aftermath of nuclear war in the war game, this subgenre has some of the most compelling and confrontational material found in fake doc films. The reason this subgenre is so effective is because of the deep fear and existential concern that war and politics have on audiences. The huge ratings for 24-hour news channels bears out that reality, and these movies capitalize on it. Number 13, Small Town, Big Event. This is a subgenre primarily for the comedy fake doc film. These movies usually revolve around some sort of centerpiece that brings a large group of unusual characters together. In that way, it's related to Biography of the Eccentric, but in this case, the plot revolves around introducing and getting to know the various people involved in the activity, building towards the event, and culminating at the event itself. The event is the star, not any individual character. 
This is one of the more inexpensive subgenres of uh, fake doc, but it is also one of the more difficult from a scripting perspective, given that the entire film's success rests on the effectiveness of that central concept and the comedic performances. Many of the films of Christopher Guest, from Waiting for Guffman to A Mighty Wind, fall into this category, as do the Southern Belle pageant comedy Drop Dead Gorgeous and the real estate competition film Closing Escrow. The reason for this subgenre's popularity, I believe, is its clear built-in structure, which makes it easy to write and improvise around. Number 14. Worldwide Catastrophe The explanation may be different in each one, but in this subgenre, the world is in trouble. Whether it be because of some strange worldwide event that is causing people to have unusual powers, like Peter Greenaway's The Falls, an attack on a major metropolitan city by burrowing creatures, like Monster, or a documentary made 30 years in the future that is attempting to relate the events that led to a major apocalypse, as in ever since the world ended. These films tap into the global fear of the breakdown of civilized society and the onset of a gigantic and possibly world-changing threat. This is a popular subgenre for the same reason this kind of story is popular in science fiction films and books, because they stem from our real fears of technology gone wrong, disease, war, climate change, and other global threats to our survival. Number 15. Anthologies. The things that make for good fake doc anthologies are the same things that make for good anthologies in narrative filmmaking. Several short stories linked by an overriding theme. I saved this subgenre for last because I genuinely believe this is the most effective subgenre to use in fake doc films. First of all, all of the individual entries in an anthology film are short, and therefore it's easier to keep them entertaining for that shortened runtime. Also, the fact that you're telling multiple stories within a single film means that you can utilize several different frameworks and subgenres within a single film, therefore being more creative and appealing to a broader base of viewers. And lastly, they are also a great resource if you want to work on a film but aren't able to make an entire film yourself. An anthology film allows for you to partner with other creatives to split the workload and make a feature film with each of you only having to be responsible for one segment. That can be a huge benefit to a group of filmmakers who are all starting out and are not sure how to accomplish diving straight into an entire feature film. The most challenging part of making a good anthology film is finding an interesting wraparound that connects all the films because the most interesting anthologies have some sort of interstitial story that explains how and why these stories belong together in a single film. It was well done in the installments of VHS and VHS2, both of which recruited talented indie horror directors and had wraparound mythology segments written by the same writer, Simon Barrett, in each film. The first found footage anthology film, The Notorious Faces of Death, was directed by John Allen Schwartz under a pseudonym and is remembered as one of the most banned films of all time. The popularity of anthology films ebb and flow, but their usefulness to independent fake doc filmmakers is always strong. While not all fake doc films fall neatly into any one category listed here, most films can fall partially into at least a couple of them. There will always be films that seem to exist outside of strict categorization, such as director Harmony Korine's truly bizarre trash humpers, but for the most part, this list will help a new fake doc filmmaker categorize what already exists, what potential is still there for exploration, and how to use the boundaries of the subgenres to their advantage as they embark on their own project.